That's what we're celebrating today, and we get to do that together. I also like candy. <laughs> and so I have been shoving my face with um, Starburst jelly beans. I think we've gone through two bags. My wife, three bags. <laughs> we were in Sam's Club about a week and a half ago, and I picked up the five-pound bag. She's like, Tim, you just don't need that. <laughs> And so I bought it another time when she wasn't there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't buy it. I, 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 I've, I've suffered through with the multiple bags we've been working our way through, <clears throat> which has been great. Um, but Easter's also a lot of fun. It's, it's, a, lot of, it's a celebration. And I've got to tell you guys, I, I woke up this morning. I get, I get out to church a little early. So I came out there, and I, and, I, and I go out to the car, and I'm back in the car down the driveway, and I look out on the grass, and across our lawn are these brightly colored Easter eggs. Spread over our whole lawn. And, and this is not something we did. Not something my kids... So someone else did this as a surprise for us this morning. <laughs> yes. Um, and I see that hand. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but but I, I think we, we think we figured out who it was. Uh, is that, but it was actually, it was, a, it was a blast, actually. And it gave me this huge smile on my face. I actually texted Teresa back. I said, Teresa, Teresa, look at me see outside. <laughs> you know, I said, I said, look outside. I said, um, you know, take a picture of it. And I, 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 I didn't... I should have thought more and I could have thrown one up. If you want to see it later... I have it on my phone. So you can ask after the service. I'll show you my picture of my yard. But, but, so, so, but the, the Easter is, is a blast. It, 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 is, it, it is a fun season leading up to it. It's also the holiday. I mean, I actually, I mean, I, lo- I love Christmas. I love the, the fact of you know, we celebrate Christ coming to birth, you know, in this world. But Easter is the focus of what Christ did, the purpose for which he came. He came to die for our sins and to raise from the dead. And, and, and so, so I, 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 I love Easter because it's a time that we can just intentionally remember what Christ did. Now, I, we, we were talking even in, in life group this morning, and I don't know about you, but I, I a lot of times under-emphasize the resurrection. Um, I, I, I focus on the death of Christ for our sins. And I, I mean, for years and years and years, I, I would only just think about the death of Christ. Now, I wouldn't really think that much about the resurrection. Um, and, and, then, and then I was actually um, reading this passage about you know, teaching something on the gospel. And I went to 1 Corinthians 15 that talks about what the gospel is. And it says, and this is the gospel that you heard, that you, you, know, that you hold on to firmly, that you take your stand, that Christ was, you know, was crucified for our sins, was buried was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures, and appeared to many. The, the gospel message is that Christ, you know, that we put our faith in, is that Christ died for our sins, was buried, and was raised again. The resurrection is of extreme relevance for all of us. It's not just something that was sort of tacked on at the end and then go, woohoo, great. It's actually very important and has actually great relevance for us. And so we're going to talk about that today, and I'm going to highlight a couple of passages that, that, that talk about that. Um, because the resurrection is really important. And once you actually begin to see the scripture through those eyes, I promise you, as you read the scriptures, you're going to see references to the resurrection and imagery of the resurrection over and over and over and over and over again. And so today I'm going to take a little bit of time and emphasize that. And I'm going to talk about how this resurrection makes all the difference in the world. That Jesus Christ is alive. And that makes all the difference. That makes all the difference. That's the main point today. Jesus Christ is alive, and that makes all the difference. It's funny, in Life Group, and, and, um, Andy and Angela came in together, and, and, he, and he, comes, he comes up, he just shakes my hand, he walks up to me, he's like, he's like hey, did, did you hear he's alive? I was, it caught me off guard. 
He's like, did you hear he's alive? I'm like, who, who's, what, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, it's Easter. Yeah, yes, yeah, 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 he, he, he's alive, he's alive. But, but he sort of just caught me off guard. He's like, did, did, did you hear he was alive? I was like, what? And, and, and that, 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 that message, we become so familiar with the fact that he's alive that sometimes it doesn't hit us with impact and force. We just know he's alive. And so my, my hope today is that as we explore this, we'll, we'll realize this resurrection is of significance to us. It makes all the difference. It points us to a future that we can look forward to, and it also gives us a perspective on this life um, of how we can live here and now. And so that, that's what we're going to talk about today. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to walk back through the passage that Ella read in Luke 24. So we're going to be first in Luke 24, 1 to 8. And I'm going to walk through just that little experience that they had uh, of the resurrection and that, that account of it. And then I'm actually going to highlight a couple passages in Colossians. As you guys know, we've been in Colossians. And so just to give you a glimpse of how the resurrection is throughout all of Scripture and is really everywhere, I'm going to highlight a couple passages in the book of Colossians that we're going through as a, as a, you know, as a, as a community over these next months of how significant the resurrection is and how that makes all the difference. So first, I'm going to go through Luke 24. Now, now, now Ella's already read it for us, and so I'm just going to, I'm going to talk through it just a little bit. Now, the, fir- the first thing is, is that um, the, the context. You know, the context of the resurrection is crucifixion. I mean, so some things you have this great background. You know, the, 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 the daisies are coming up, the bunnies are hopping, you know, it's a happy day. No, not so much here. Right? This context here is devastation, disillusionment, loss of hope, doubts about the future, crisis of faith. That's what the context is here. They've just seen Jesus be handed over to the, to the religious rulers first and, and they mock him and beat him and, and, and condemn him and then they hand him over to the political rulers and then they mock and condemn him and, and professionally execute him. And then he is buried. The person they're following, this Jesus, the person they put their hope in, he's been at the mercy of of the religious rulers, of the political rulers, has been beaten and abused, professionally executed, and placed in a tomb. That's the context. And, and, we, and we see in, in the, in the few verses before this, uh, a few of these ladies who end up you know, going out, they, 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 they watched him be wrapped in a cloth and put in the tomb on Friday, and then they went and, took, they went and prepared the spices so they could go out, and then they took a pause on the Sabbath. And so now we're on Sunday. We're on the first day of the week. And we're in verse 1 of chapter 24. It says, In the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. So as soon as the Sabbath is over, as soon as this day is, as soon as they can get out there, I mean, they're as fast as they can. They've already got the spices ready. They want to go anoint Jesus. They, 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 they want to give him some dignity and some respect and honor him and put these spices and stuff all around his body. And so, I mean, they, they have prepared already. As soon as it's like, you know, they may even left when it was dark. They, they, and Mark even tells us that they're wondering on the way out of how, how they're going to get the stone out of the way. Because they want to anoint his body. And so, so, I mean, this is first thing. First thing they can do. First day of the week. They're out with all their spices going, going to the tomb. Verse 2 says... Look what they found. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. 
But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. So what they expected to be an issue, the tomb closed, was not an issue. What they didn't expect as an issue, not finding the body, was an issue. So they found what they didn't expect to find. They didn't find what they expected to find. So they go in, so they witness that, so they're wondering, what, what's going on? Verse 4, they were wondering, and suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. Now, you know, typically when the angels appear, what's the first thing they typically say? Do not be afraid. This time we don't have that recorded in this account. We don't know if they said it, it just wasn't recorded. But, but obviously they were pretty stinking afraid, right? Because what did they do? I mean, they just hit the floor. Have you ever had that? Where you were just so scared of something, you just like got down on your face? I did. I had this security training thing for a week, and they were just sort of like hostage-taking, crisis, you know, shooting, all this kind of stuff, and they capture you and interrogate you, and you have guns going off. And so, so by the end of the week, you're sort of accustomed to guns and stuff. And so, so like, so at the end of the week, you're, you're in this. I was actually at, at the very end, and I was actually taking a shower, and there's this open, you know, sort of these different stalls are in there, and all of a sudden there's this loud boom, and I'm in the shower. I went. I just dropped to the floor in the shower. I'm like, that's what you're supposed to do when the gun goes off. You drop to the floor, then you find security. I, I was like, ah! You know, I, mean, I just dropped. Because I was scared. It was the guy in another stall sneezed real loud and it just echoed. <laughs> yeah. So you want me with you in a security situation. <clears throat> um, but no, I mean, but I, I was scared. And I, and I just dropped. Because I didn't want to be hit with anything. You know? And, and, these ladies, I mean seriously, these white angels appear. They're gleaming. What do they do? They just go down. They are afraid. And they're bowing in reverence. And these guys, listen to what they say. In their fright, the women bow with their face to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners. Be crucified and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. He's like, you're in the wrong place. You're in the wrong place. I mean, they've got to be going... You know, that, what, what a question. You know, why are you looking for Jesus here? Why wouldn't we look for him here? We just saw him buried here. You know, we just saw him killed, you know, executed, wrapped, put in here. The stuff. Where else would we be looking for him? I mean, what kind of question is that? Why are you looking for him here? Of course, you look for a dead person in the tomb they've been placed in. Where else do you look for a dead person who's been buried? Well, if you're looking for Jesus, that's the wrong place. Every other person in history, if they're dead and buried, you go to their tomb and you find them and that's the right place. But Jesus, who was executed and buried, you want to find him? The last place you're going to find him is guess where? His tomb. Why? Because he is risen. 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 You won't find Jesus in his tomb. That's not where he lives. He 
came to life and left the tomb. So that was the wrong place to try to find Jesus. And that's what the angels said. They said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's not here. Just like he told you, he was going to be handed over to sinful men. He was going to be crucified. And on the third day, he would rise again. So that's the situation here. Jesus has risen from the dead. He was killed. He was executed. He was buried. He was sealed in a tomb. And he rose from the dead. And he is alive now. And the reality is, his resurrection is relevant for each one of us. It's not simply something that happened a couple thousand years ago. That has no relevance to us. Or no impact on us. It is something of exact relevance to each one of us today. And that's what I want to walk through and talk about a little bit. How his, his, his resurrection from the dead makes all the difference. And the first thing I want to talk about is his resurrection from the dead sets the path, charts the course, guarantees our future resurrection from the dead. He was the first one to be raised from the dead in an imperishable body that would not once again die. Lazarus was raised from the dead. What happened to him? Is he still running around? Something? You guys seen Lazarus lately? No, he died like every other person. Fatality is running at a strong 100% for the history of humanity. And in this instance, Jesus has broken that chain and has instituted a new reality. That one day there will be a physical resurrection with an imperishable body that will live forever. That's what has happened. So I want to r remind you guys, in Colossians, Colossians, this is a teeny little phrase. You heard it a couple weeks ago. It's in the book of Colossians. We'll start in verse 18. Chapter 1, it says, And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy firstborn from among the dead so that he might have the supremacy. He is the one who is starting this. He is the one who is initiating this. He is the one who is bringing this reality of resurrection from the dead. He has started it and that's who he is. Not only is he the creator of all things, he's also the one who is raised physically from the dead to be alive again and never die again. And he's the firstborn from among the dead. He is the first of that chain that we will all be a part of. Of one day, we will come to life with a physical body. And we will live in a new heaven and a new earth forever. It will not end. It will not end. Now, have you ever, have you ever watched things that you didn't want them to end? You know? Like I, I, sometimes we watch movies or TV shows. Like I, I, I grew up on the Star Wars series. I remember when I was back in the seventies, I guess it was. When my dad, you may have taken me to that first Star Wars thing. Um, <clears throat> these Star Wars movies back then, and then when they stopped, I was like, "Dang it!" And now they, it was like every four years, you're like waiting for the next one to come out. 
You were just waiting four years between the episodes. Four years. And then we had to wait how many years? 20 years to the next? I mean, now, now they've done it again. You're like, yeah, I can't wait for the next story. You know, I felt like that with Lord of the Rings. I mean, The Hobbit. And then you, and you read the Lord of the Rings like, man, the story's over. I don't want it to be over. I want more. I, I, I may not be political. I like Harry Potter stories too. You know? And I'm like, I didn't want them to be over. I mean, there's some things that you read you don't want to be over. The reality here is this physical life, a life of interaction, a life of relationship, a life of enjoying creation is not over at death. There will be a new chapter one day. And then it will run for eternity. A few passages that speak of this. I'll read one in, in, the, in the book of 1 first, first Thessalonians. It's not on the screen, but it's 1 it's, it's Thessalonians 4, 14 to 18. And he uses the imagery of sleep to talk about for death. He talks about, even in verse 13, he says, Brothers and sisters, we don't want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you grieve like those who, of mankind who have no hope. We don't want you to be grieving like people who have no hope about the future for those who die. And then verse 14, this is 1 Thessalonians 4.14. He says, For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so, we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. See, we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so, when he comes again, he will bring us with him. He says, according to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, we, we who are left until the coming of the Lord, we won't precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. There was those who have passed before, those who have been buried, those who have been gone away, whatever you are, cremated, buried, lost at sea, I don't know. But all those people will be given a physical body, and they will appear. And then it says, um, those who are, after that, we who are still alive, okay, sorry, Archangel, trumpet call of God, the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. There will be a physical resurrection. There will be a physical body where we be with the Lord in his presence forever. Then here you have it in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians speaks of it in this way. He talks about this imperishable and imperishable. And you want to read about resurrection, it's the whole chapter. Read all of chapter 15. It goes on forever. There's like 57 verses or something. I'm not going to read them all. But I am going to read 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 57. He says, Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep. But we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable. In other words, it's not be raised and you're going to get sick and die again. It's like, you're going to be raised and there's not going to be anything wrong and you're not ever going to die. It cannot perish. All, everything has expiration dates, right? You drink your milk, you drink your milk, you drink your milk, you go out of town for a week, you drink your milk, you go, ooh! It just doesn't taste right. It goes sour. My body is going sour. My hair has gone. <laughs> what is left is going sour. I mean, someone actually asked me last week, 
what color hair did you used to have? <laughs> I was like, I, I, actually, I, I don't know why I hadn't thought this before. I thought, wait, you can't tell that I used to have thick, dark brown hair? <laughs> I, I, I didn't realize that. Somehow I, I, I failed to realize that you can't look at me and know I had thick, thick, brown hair. You, there's no way you'd know. It's gone and what's left is the wrong color. So someone asked me, what color was your hair? Implying I might not even have any now. I am souring. My wife will attest to that. I have to bathe and keep clean. She says she'll let me get fat, she'll let me get anything, but she won't let me stink. So, so, so I have to bathe. But, but my body is aging and souring and expiring. That's a part of our experience. But this new body will be imperishable. It will not age. It will not expire. It will not wear out. So sorry. He goes on. He says, oh. Verse 32, In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. And as we sang today, where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Think about that. No fear of death. Death having no power, no relevance, no influence, no existence. We will have a resurrected, imperishable body and live in a new heavens and a new earth with our Lord Jesus Christ forever. Successive chapters in a movie that we will never want to end. Jesus raised from the dead. And we, one day, will live in an imperishable body with him forever. His resurrection is very relevant for you and I. Because death will no longer have a voice. Death will be gone. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. And because he is risen, I one day will rise with an imperishable body. The next thing I just want to emphasize in, in the book of Colossians that talks about the resurrection is that I now have spiritual life because of what he has done. I'd actually mapped out the series in Colossians to get to this passage on Easter, but it didn't work out with the extra snow day we had in January, and the whole schedule got messed up, and I was like, ah, forget it. And so, so we just slowed down in Colossians. <clears throat> but this is the passage I was going to preach on Easter. It's in, it's in Colossians chapter 2, and I'll start with, yeah, 12. It's talking about what God has done, all this stuff for us. And it says, having been, now listen to this image, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him. What is it? What's he talking about? Buried and raised. What does that talk about? What's that image of? The resurrection, crucifixion, resurrection. So, I mean, it's all over the place. When you read your Bible, it's everywhere. So, so I've been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive. Wait a second. What's, what's that contrast between? Dead and alive. What's he just talked about happened to Jesus? Buried, dead, and 
Alive, raised, raised. Oh, so all that imagery of dead, alive, dead, alive, it's all rooted in what? Resurrection. You're going to see this all over Scripture. You were dead, now you're alive. You were dead, now you're alive. You were dead, now you're alive. It's all, it's all related to the crucifixion, resurrection. So he says, when you were dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He's taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Isn't that incredible? He's made us alive now because what he accomplished on the cross. He died and was raised to life. And so now we are alive with Christ even now. He's forgiven our sins. So we're alive now. And that's what we're going to talk about as we take communion today. We're going to say, hey, as we take the bread, we're going to say, thank you, God, that you gave your life and you rose from the dead physically. And one day I'm going to have a physical resurrection as well. And we're going to dip it in the juice. We're going to say, thank you, God, that you died for my sins so that even now I'm forgiven and I have a relationship with you. Thank you that you've risen. You've risen indeed. You don't have to say all that. But that's what I want you to think of when you take communion today. When I take this body, thank you because you've resurrected. I one day will have a resurrected body. Dip. Thank you that you forgave my sins that now, because you've raised from the dead, you give me life. I'm alive now because you've forgiven my sins. That's how we're going to take communion today. Because that's what this passage is communicating. We're alive. We have spiritual life because Jesus has been made alive. He's forgiven our sins. And what he did was given the stamp of approval by God. Yep, successful, boom, you're raised from the dead. And what's fun, in Colossians 3, he puts this all together. Colossians 3, 1 to 4. Now listen to this. Since then you've been raised with Christ. What's that referring to? Christ has been raised, right? Now you've been raised with Christ. In other words, you're alive with Christ. He says, since you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. In other words, Christ is alive. He's been resurrected. He's at the right hand of God. And you are alive with him now. Verse 2, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Verse 3, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ Hidden with Christ in God. You have been identified with him in his death and resurrection. But then look what he says next. When Christ who is your life appears, you will also appear with him in glory. So he puts it all together. He says, you're alive in Christ now because he's forgiven your sins. And one day when he comes back physically... You're going to appear with him in glory. You're going to appear with him physically and have this eternal life. So that's what we're celebrating today. That the resurrection is, is, is of great significance to us because it points to the future reality that one day we will live in an uninterrupted series of days in a physical body, in a new heaven and a new earth with Jesus Christ. Imperishable, indestructible, without sin. That's awesome. That's what the resurrection has accomplished. 
And even now, just as Matt prayed, we, we live this life where we're forgiven by sin and the power that is in Ephesians, that, that the power that God used to raise Him from the dead is the same power that's at work in us. That we have this resurrection power that gives us life through forgiveness of sins to live even now. That's what has happened because of the resurrection. See, the resurrection is relevant for you and me. Jesus is risen from the dead and that makes all the difference. Because one day I will reign with him forever. And even now I can live with him in forgiveness of sins and life. Praise God for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now we're going to take communion today, as, as I shared. And I, I, we're going to, well, the way it will happen is, I'm going to pray. And you can go up to any of the three tables. There's nothing special. Actually, those two are sour bread. This one is um, Italian something. I don't know. Okay. These are, 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 are images for us to focus on the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. And as we do this, I want you to take a piece of the bread. And when you take the bread... To, to thank God, say, thank you for your resurrection, that one day I'll be raised with you. And I want you to dip it in, in the juice. Thank you that you died on the cross and forgave my sins and rose again so I can have life even now. Just keep those things in mind. Because he's risen, he's risen indeed. And that's, that's all I'm actually doing. The Lord's table, we call it the Lord's table because it's open to anyone who has put their faith in Jesus Christ. Whether you did that in ages past or you did that today, that you said, hey, I want to put my faith in Jesus Christ because he died for my sins and I want to spend eternity with him and I want a life with him now. Whether today or in the past or at any time, at any denomination, it doesn't matter. You're welcome to participate in the Lord's table today. So I'll, I'll, I'll pray and then you just come, take a piece, dip, eat, and you can return back to your seat. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you that you were alive, that you've risen from the dead, and that makes all the difference. Thank you that you gave your body for us, and you rose from the dead with your physical body, pointing to the life that we will have with you one day. Thank you also that you died on the cross, shedding your blood for our sin. So that through faith in you, we might be forgiven and enjoy your resurrection life even now. In the midst of this fallen world. Thank you that you are risen, that you are risen indeed. As in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.